0: Epistle 56 of Epistles of Cyprian by Cyprian, translated by Robert Wallace. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Epistle 56 to Cornelius in exile concerning his confession. Argument. Cyprian praises in Cornelius and his people their confession of the name of Christ even to banishment, and exhorts them to constancy and to mutual prayer for one another, as well, in respect of the approaching day of struggle in this life as after death. Moreover, Damasus mentions this epistle in the life of Cornelius as being that on account of which a calumny arose, whence the tyrant took an excuse for his death. Cyprian, to Cornelius his brother. Greeting. We have been made acquainted, dearest brother, with the glorious testimonies of your faith and courage, and have received with such exaltation the honor of your confession, that we count ourselves also sharers and companions in your merits and praises. For as we have one church, a mind united, and a concord undivided, what priest does not congratulate himself on the praises of his fellow priest as if on his own? Or what brotherhood would not rejoice in the joy of its brethren it cannot be sufficiently declared how great was the exaltation and how great the joy here when we had heard of your success and bravery that you had stood forth as a leader of confession to the brethren there and moreover that the confession of the leader had increased by the consent of the brethren so that while you proceed them to glory you have made many your companions in glory And have persuaded the people to become a confessor by being first prepared to confess on behalf of all, so that we are at a loss what we ought first of all to commend in you, whether your prompt and decided faith or the inseparable love of the brethren. Among you the courage of the bishop going before has been publicly proved, and the unitedness of the brotherhood following has been shown. As with you, there is one mind and one voice, the whole Roman Church has confessed. The faith, dearest brethren, which the blessed Apostle commended in you, has shown brightly. He even then, in the Spirit, foresaw this praise of courage and firmness of strength, and, attesting your merits by the commendation of your future doings, in praising the parents, he provokes the children. While you are thus unanimous, While you are thus brave, you have given great examples both of unanimity and of bravery to the rest of the brethren. You have taught them deeply to fear God, firmly to cling to Christ, that the people should be associated with the priests in peril, that the brethren should not be separated from brethren in persecution, that a concord, once established, can by no means be overcome, that whatsoever is at the same time sought for by all, the God of peace will grant to the peaceful. This adversary had leapt forth to disturb the camp of Christ with violent terror, but with the same impetuosity with which he had come, he was beaten back and conquered, and as much fear and terror as he had brought, so much bravery and strength he also found." He had thought that he could again overthrow the servants of God, and agitate them in his accustomed manner, as if they were novices and inexperienced, as if little prepared and little cautious. He attacked one first, as a wolf had tried to separate the sheep from the flock, as a hawk to separate the dove from the flying troop, for he, who has not sufficient strength against all, seeks to gain advantage from the solitude of individuals." But when beaten back, as well by the faith as by the vigor of the combined army, he perceived that the soldiers of Christ are now watching, and stand sober and armed for the battle, that they cannot be conquered, but that they can die, and that by this very fact they are invincible, that they do not fear death, that they do not in turn assail their assailants, since it is not lawful for the innocent even to kill the guilty but that they readily deliver up both their lives and their blood. That since such malice and cruelty rages in the world, they may the more quickly withdraw from the evil and cruel. What a glorious spectacle was that under the eyes of God! What a joy of His church in the sight of Christ! That not single soldiers, but the whole camp, at once went forth to the battle which the enemy had tried to begin. For it is plain that all would have come if they could have heard since whoever heard ran hastily and came how many lapsed were there restored by a glorious confession they bravely stood and by the very suffering of repentance were made braver for the battle that it might appear that lately they had been taken at unawares and had trembled at the fear of a new and unaccustomed thing but that they had afterwards returned to themselves that true faith and their strength gathered from the fear of God had constantly and firmly strengthened them to all endurance, and that now they do not stand for pardon of their crime, but for the crown of their suffering. What does Novatian say to these things, dearest brother? Does he yet lay aside his error? Or indeed as is the custom of foolish men is he more driven to fury by our very benefits and prosperity and in proportion as the glory of love and faith grows here more and more does the madness of dissension and envy break out anew there does the wretched man not cure his own wound but wound both himself and his friends still more severely clamoring with his tongue to the ruin of the brethren, and hurling darts of poisonous eloquence, more severe in accordance with the wickedness of his secular philosophy than peaceable with the gentleness of the Lord's wisdom, a deserter of the church, a foe to mercy, a destroyer of repentance, a teacher of arrogance, a corrupter of truth, a murderer of love, does he now acknowledge who is the priest of God, which is the church and the house of Christ, who are God's servants, whom the devil molests, and are the Christians, whom Antichrist attacks? For neither does he seek those whom he has already subdued, nor does he take the trouble to overthrow those whom he has already made his own. The foe and enemy of the church despises and passes by those whom he has alienated from the church and led without as captives and conquered. He goes on to harass those in whom he sees Christ dwell. Even although any one of such should have been seized, there is no reason for his flattering himself, as if in the confession of the name, since it is manifest that, If people of this sort should be put to death outside the church, it is no crown of faith, but is rather a punishment of treachery. Nor will those dwell in the house of God among those that are of one mind, whom we see to have withdrawn by the madness of discord from the peaceful and divine household. We earnestly exhort as much as we can, dearest brother, for the sake of the mutual love by which we are joined one to another, that since we are instructed by the providence of the Lord, who warns us, and are admonished by, the wholesome counsels of divine mercy, that the day of our contest and struggle is already approaching, we should not cease to be instant with all the people in fastings, in watchings, in prayers. Let us be urgent, with constant groanings and frequent prayers. For these are our heavenly arms which make us to stand fast and bravely to persevere. These are the spiritual defenses and divine weapons which defend us. Let us remember one another in concord and unanimity. Let us on both sides always pray for one another. Let us relieve burdens and afflictions by mutual love, that if any one of us, by the swiftness of divine condensation, shall go hence the first, our love may continue in the presence of the Lord, and our prayers for our brethren and sisters not cease in the presence of the Father's mercy. I bid you, dearest brother, ever heartily farewell. End of Epistle 56, read by David Ronald.